Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hope everybody's doing well today. I want to welcome everybody to the Unimpressed podcast today. And today we have the founder and chief executive of Eternal Technologies. And I think I said that right. Mr. John Byron Hamby the fourth. Welcome, John. How you doing today? Thank you, John. Great to be here. We chatted a little bit before we started recording and adding technologies to the end of this business name. How do you get away with that based on, you know, personal beliefs? My background was in corporate film production for a number of years. And uh, this technology and this company, Eternal, uh, were kind of a product of that and over the years, one of the things that uh, I started to get really excited about was how we could incorporate uh, AI and automation to scale people and make people more effective. And so the idea behind Eternal was an evolution of my film production company. And the goal was really to uh, make video content, uh, whether it's for corporate purposes or otherwise, more accessible and scalable and personalized. And so uh, there have been a, a number of technologies that we've built around that capability. And so that's where the technologies part comes from, Eternal Technologies. The capabilities around this tech and this AI, I explain that to me and how it relates to your book. Let's say, let's take the first step. How does that relate? Well, I think that, you know, we're, we're in a very exciting time from a technology advancement standpoint. And I guess there could be an argument that's made that We've always been living in a, in a technology advancement time that's been rather exciting, whether you go back to the, the um, 1940s, 1950s, uh, or now today with AI. And ultimately, you know, everything that's being produced has a lot of unknowns surrounding it. Uh, you know, we're at the frontier of, of, of what is possible. You know, chat GPT took the world by storm. There have been, uh, you know, a tidal wave of new technologies that have come out just in the last couple of months, it's rather staggering. Uh, and I think that, you know, with that in mind, uh, there are a lot of questions that are being asked around, you know, how do we use AI and these new technologies in an ethical way, in a responsible way, in a secure way, and do it with, uh, you know, keeping the individual and, uh, you know, true to uh, the human condition in terms of how we interact with each other from a social standpoint. So these are a lot of questions. There are a lot more that are floating around out there. It's actually the topic of uh, a new book that I'm writing. But ultimately, as people start to look outward into asking these questions about technology and where things are going. I think that it's also important for people to have the opportunity to look inward uh, and explore themselves and understand you know, what motivates them, what causes them fear, what gets them excited and passionate. And a lot of times, at least in my experience going through the American education system, is that not a lot of time is spent looking inwards. You know, we spend a lot of time reading and learning, uh, you know, the, the great literatures of American history. But ultimately, uh, all of those questions and analysis that occur uh, never focus inward. 
And so the intent behind uh, my book, Your Answers, was really to uh, point the lens back at ourselves and give us the opportunity to ask ourselves critical questions. And, you know, in a lot of cases, when I first started this process, uh, I didn't have the answers. And that was kind of a a scary and and jarring thing. And ultimately, over time and uh, many years of exploration, I ended up getting some answers that I was pretty happy with. And that certainly helped me in my career and and where I want to go in life. And I thought I'd share it with the rest of the world. Well, it's funny. I've been talking to an educator, uh, Esther Wood. Wojcicki, I think your name was. She's at Stanford. And I talked to Laura uh, Geisner-Odding on the podcast. And, you know, there's a very similar thread there that kind of relates to what you're talking about when you, and when you talk about the education system and, and how the education system is set up, you know, for these kids to hit a grade. And when they want to just hit a grade and they read information and they don't relish that information, you're not building any value retaining any information for yourself just because you're trying to hit a number in your philosophy and your thought process understanding that how do how do people look within and and how do they understand themselves to recognize the maybe these nuances that they went through in life that they didn't realize were crafting who they were if you will yeah absolutely well, I think it's a great question. And the word that comes to mind is, is you're asking it is really curiosity. Right? I, I think that a lot of times uh, today, especially, there's a lot of noise going on in the world around us, whether that's political noise or interpersonal relationship noise, financial pressures, you know, all of these different things uh, can be difficult and distracting. And whether you're a young person growing up or you're an adult in the workforce, there's a lot of stuff out there that uh, can cause those distractions. And I think that I believe that humans are innately creative, innately exploratory, and and, and like to seek and discover new things. And I I think that also a lot of these pressures that exist in the world kind of suppress and, and challenge a lot of that opportunity. And so, you know, th- there's not a magic formula for any one person, I don't think, to you know, start to uh, voyage uh, down that path. But I-, I think that, you know, the goal behind the book was really to collect a series of questions that are exploratory that kind of spark that curiosity and give it an opportunity where you know, maybe you don't have seven or 10 hours a day to think about this stuff and that's okay, right? You can use a book like this or many out there uh, as well, where you can open up a page, take a look at one of the questions and spend 10 or 15 minutes thinking about it and seeing if there's value there. And over time, I think that that starts to build a habit and a practice of uh, more effective self-awareness. And, you know, the more aware that you are about yourself, your emotional state and what's going on around you, uh, the more control we have over how we react to those things and the decisions that we make and and how those decisions ultimately inform our paths. Do you feel like going through this, do you feel like you go through a sensitive time? Do you feel like trying to control your feelings creates higher emotions and and those higher emotions you have to control? I mean, what's that that thought process? I think that everybody goes through difficult times. And if, if you if you haven't yet, you probably will, unfortunately. Um, I certainly have, and everybody else that I know has experienced some kind of hardship and difficulty. And, you know, those trying times are really what forge us and make us the people that we are. And, and how you deal with them is, uh, you know, very important and very critical in terms of, you know, the person that you become on the other side of those things. You can either embrace them or take on the challenge, or you can let them, you know, engulf you in darkness. 
And that's a, that's a, a scary thing in some uh, concepts, but it's also a, a potentially beautiful thing because, you know, it's through the hardest times that the, the best people are formed. And ultimately, if there's a way and a path to, you know, facilitate that through self-awareness and, and making good decisions, even in the darkest times, or, you know, being able to draw upon that light within yourself or in the people that you care about around you. I think that that can uh, certainly help you move through and, and, and flourish on the other side. What is your passion? I mean, what is your drive by doing this? And like, where's your family from and so forth? Yeah, so I, uh, I grew up in Austin, Texas. I've lived here pretty much my entire life. You know, my passion, had I answered and been asked that question many years ago, it would have been a very different answer. And it certainly evolved over time. When I was young, I remember sitting in my dad's office and he had a, a book and it was on nuclear physics. And, and that's what we would read together. And, you know, I'm not, I'm no nuclear uh, physicist. I'm, I'm certainly not an expert in it, but, you know, I, I love the concept of engineering and, and, and building things. And uh, I was fascinated and still am by math and physics. And so, Naturally, you know, I thought that my parents were going to want me to have a, a traditional career with a nine to five job and I was going to go to college and get a degree and then go do whatever it was that I wanted to do. I loved building computers. And in fact, I was building uh, supercomputers uh, in, in my teens uh, specifically to do uh, graphic animation and visual effects uh, for movies uh, because that was my passion. And so naturally, I thought uh, I was going to be an electrical engineer and, and go do that as a career. And then what ended up happening is I was a, a sophomore in high school at the time, and I was given a, a project by one of my outstanding teachers. Um, and the project was read Homer's Odyssey and create a, a short film about one of the chapters. And this was right up my alley because I, I love making movies. Um, and so I ended up going to my teacher and I asked him, I said, hey, I, I don't want to make chapter in this book. I'd love to make the entire book into a short film. Are you okay with that? And uh, he said, John Byron, if you turn something in by the end of the year, you go for it. And so I ended up spending eight months of my life, you know, nights and weekends and all of spring break with my friends putting together this uh, short film. It was the single biggest endeavor that I had done to date in my life. And going through that process, uh, it was a wonderful learning experience because there was this uh, awakening moment that I had towards the end of the project where I suddenly realized that this is what I love doing. I love creating and I, I think I want to be a filmmaker. So I was walking one day with my dad and I, I'd never had the career conversation with my parents before. Um, and so it was kind of a, a scary thing. It ended up going okay, which was great. But I said, Dad, I don't think I want to be an electrical engineer. I want to be a filmmaker. And he looked at me and he said, John Byron, if you want to be a filmmaker and that's what makes you happy, you go do that. Pursue your passion. And so I did. I ended up starting a, a film production company. I ran that for almost a decade. And then uh, a couple of years ago, about five years ago, actually now, I uh, had an idea. I said, I wonder if we could automate this concept of film production and you know my new company eternal technologies and and the ai and automation that we deliver uh, was born at that moment but over the years as i i kind of continued to to grow up and mature and you know find myself what i really realized is that these were all just different uh, creative expressions for for me and what i like to do and what really got me excited whether it was building computers or creating uh music videos or corporate film productions or uh, this ai 
company that I'm running now. It's really about taking an idea, sometimes a really audacious and, and scary complex idea, and you know, working and churning and, and grinding and, and bringing it into reality, into something that I can share with other people. How do you convert that? And what does that look like? I mean, how do you convert expression to AI and get it to function properly? Yeah, that's a that's a good question. <laughs> uh, I, I think that you know it's it's about having the ability to to speak both languages. You know, I'm I'm not a a technical coding genius. I have an amazing team of people who are able to do that for me. You know, I come up with some good ideas uh, from a product standpoint, and I'm able to say, look. This is what I, I want this to be able to do. And here are the components. And I can get almost to that line, maybe a little bit over the line of what the technical impl the implementation of that actually looks like. And then, you know, my, my team of outstanding engineers is able to uh, take that concept, that specification and turn it into something. So to answer your question specifically, I think that uh, th the world around us is uh, you know, surrounded by mathematics and numbers. And I'm actually, I'm wearing the logo uh, here. It's a fractal. And yeah. uh, if you don't know what a fractal is, it's a mathematical shape. And they're, they're found all throughout nature. Uh, trees are fractals. Lightning is fractals. You know, the, the concept of a fractal is you start with a shape and that shape can uh, branch off into new shapes. And each of those branches has additional branches and it kind of just goes infinitely. Coastlines are another example, you know, around the sea and, and a landmass. Those can all be modeled and described using fractals. And so the idea is, you know, with so much being able to be represented through numbers and mathematics, to an extent, not 100%, but emotion and communication can be as well. And you mentioned uh, the, the project that you're working on, you know, finding that right audience. Uh, a, a lot of the work that we focus on is how do you uh, communicate to that audience uh, once you found them, right? And, and and what are the different things that people are interested in based on their needs, desires, and expectations, right? So so in the case of uh, our company, you know, if we're producing, let's say it's a, a sales or a marketing piece of content for a, a business to business type sale, you know, somebody who's buying computers for, for on behalf of their organization, they're going to have a set of needs, a set of goals, and a desired out, right? And it's all about identifying the things that are most relevant to that person based on what you know about them or what they've shared with you, and then being able to tailor a message around that specific expectation. You know, you don't want to hear things uh, that you're not interested in. Nobody does, right? And so being able to uh, provide the right information to the right person at the right time is something that, you know, is, is very desirable uh, regardless of, of where you're working now. I wonder if the one of the customers not defined properly in the business. So you're you're asking if, if if they're unable to. Well, what I'm saying is, let's say obviously if you approach a uh, a business and they have a customer base, do you look at that customer base? And then home in on the overall customer, like a broad range, or you try to home in on a certain demographic. How do you how do you pick? How does the AI pick what it's you know going to create? So yeah, that's a great question. So really, what we start with is you know at a high level, how do you categorize the uh, opportunities or the people that you are engaging with from a selling perspective, right? Typically those things are, you know, pretty high level. It's like, what industry vertical are you speaking to? Because you're going to speak differently to somebody who's in the retail or the manufacturing industry versus somebody who is in 
pharmaceuticals or healthcare or uh, transportation and logistics, right? Different terminology, different set of problems and so on. So th that may be the first uh, focus for how you're categorizing your opportunities. The second thing is the type of person that you're speaking with, right? Typically that can be boiled down to a job role or a persona, right? Again, speaking differently to a chief information officer versus a chief financial officer versus a CEO. Different, different levers, different mechanisms for what they care about and different business priorities. And the list goes on and on, right? You could th talk about things like a product or a solution that you're going out to sell. There are specific value propositions that exist for that solution, problems that you're solving, right? So each of those different things are, uh, you know, components to uh, inform the AI. And ultimately what you can do is you can build a profile around an individual. And it's not some like super sneaky dark art or anything like that. It's really simple information that you can collect and uh, oftentimes it's found right on their LinkedIn profile based on you know the company that they're working for their job role um, and then maybe a little bit about what what they do at that organization and from that information uh, you can actually start to identify the the relevant content uh, for that individual and uh, our technology works we build a library of content we call them idea blocks, and each block is a modular component. And our AI is able to identify and assemble all of those modular components together to create a beautiful, coherent uh, deliverable. And that could be in any media format. So it may be a video or an audio message or a beautiful graphic design brochure, all with the click of a button. What are some of the videos that these... I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We keep a lot of emotions bundled up inside in life, and sometimes we got to talk to people. I witnessed the benefits with my own two eyes. I have a close friend that was struggling with depression and felt like she had no one she could consistently talk to because of her busy schedule. She was matched with a therapist through BetterHelp. After several months of sessions, I've seen a tremendous change in her personality and in her life. If you're needing therapy and, and want to get some of those things off your chest, it's entirely online and designed to conveniently work around your schedule and empower you to be the best version of yourself. Just fill out a questionnaire and they will align you with the right therapist. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com unimpressed today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash unimpressed. 
things are putting out? What do they look like? So it, it looks like something you'd spend ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars with an advertising agency produce. Uh, you know, you'll you'll see some of them on LinkedIn right now. Dell is a big customer of ours, as is Nvidia and AMD, and uh, they've been using the technology for a variety of uh, event invitations, product marketing, things like that. And I think the coolest thing about it is, you know, they they fit right in with everything else that you'd expect from a top tier uh, corporation to produce and invest a lot of money in. Uh, when in reality, uh, you're able to create a better customer experience uh, at a reduced cost and engage at a more personalized and one-to-one level with all of your customers at a scale that was never before achievable. So when you look at, when you classify, I'm trying to look at the level of customer here with like a Dell, are are these business people? Are you like identifying one person and then creating something specifically for this one person that's you're trying to sell to or so forth? Or is this uh, an overall thing? So yes to both. We're able to create that personalized experience for each individual person, but we're also able to do it at scale for all customers. Now, there are different stages of maturity and and, and not all of our customers are anywhere near that stage yet because there's just so much opportunity across the board for this type of technology. But you know, in the, the the engagements that we have today, you know, you can take and produce a thousand videos for a thousand people by simply uploading a, a spreadsheet or a data set and, and saying, uh, you know, I, I want these videos produced for these people. Here are the criteria. Click a button, wait 20 minutes, and you've got a thousand videos, each of them completely personalized to the individual and relevant information for every single one of them that you can send out and circulate to the people. You see this technology improving and is, do you have any uh, competition in the marketplace? Yeah, it's a, it's in a really exciting place to be. The, the impact that we're seeing is just tremendous. A couple of fun statistics. I won't say who the customer was, but it was it's a big one. We did a, a campaign of, of personalized event invitations for uh, one of these large, you know, 50,000 plus attendee trade shows in Las Vegas. It's the biggest one of the year. And, you know, a good click-through rate on uh, a marketing campaign, you know, actually opening up the email and then clicking on the link to go to the page, typically talking about like two to 8% is the industry average, depending on, you know, what's being talked about. We sent these personalized event invitations to 697 people. And of those 697 people, 96.4% of them clicked on the link to open the piece of content and viewed it. That's absolutely ridiculous. Like when we saw that statistic, it's you know, what is that, like 12 times performance? It, it was, you know, simply mind-blowing. And now that's on the higher end. We don't see that for every single one of our campaigns. Typically, depending on how warm or cold the leads are, uh, it's somewhere between a 40 to an 80% click-through rate. But that impact that we're seeing on the personalization side is tremendous. Because again, people tune out things that they're not interested in, right? But the things, if you can deliver something that's relevant and timely, and valuable to the customer, that's that's game-changing. And tailoring it specifically to what uh, they're interested in is so powerful. So, you know, whether it's, it's, it's that kind of performance or, you know, the same thing is true with video content, right? We see on average a 13 times increase in engagement and watch time of a video simply by putting, hi, John, at the beginning of the clip. Now we can do way more personalization than that. There's a campaign that we did for NVIDIA uh, that was uh, announced publicly back in 
uh, September of last year. Each video had 16 of these dynamic personalization elements, which you'd get uh, ultimately a, a completely tailored personalized experience for each person. But 13 times engagement for something like that, you know, means you're, you're clicking on the link and you're watching that overall 13 times more than getting a generic piece of content. It's so powerful. Now, to answer the second component of your question, uh, this is a, a new market. It's uh, something that we've been working in and are, are honored and proud to be leading in uh, for over five years now. Uh, we're a massive partner with NVIDIA. There's some exciting announcements coming up soon that I can't talk about yet. Uh, but ultimately, uh, you know, I think that we're in a place and, and fortunate to be leading what's going on right now in this space. And I think that that gives us an enormous opportunity to set the, the, the tone and the stage for, uh, you know, what does responsible, secure, and scalable AI look like uh, across the board, whether it's for consumer use or for enterprise. And uh, we've got some exciting uh, white papers and other information that will be released soon talking about uh, the next generation, which is digital humans. Was it digital humans? What does that mean? So as real as I am sitting in front of the, the camera here today talking with you, uh, with my emotions, my inflection, my word choice sounding like me, uh, we'll be able to create uh, a digital version of me or of you or of anybody in a safe, secure, and compliant manner that respects the identity and privacy of the individual. And the value there of doing that is effectively being able to uh, scale your best and brightest talent across an organization uh, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And one of the biggest challenges that we see in working with enterprise companies is that there are such talented people who have such deep knowledge in a given topic, but they only have so many hours in the day to be able to attend customer meetings, answer questions, and things like that. And with the advent of these new AI technologies, being able to be in a position where now suddenly that person is not limited by the physical world and can deliver uh, information to uh, multiple people at the same time if necessary, uh, while also maintaining that control from a compliance and privacy standpoint is going to be very advantageous to the organizations that adopt it first. Now, if you looked at this from a creator standpoint, have you, have you thought about what, where this fits in entertainment? Have you thought about, you know, that area? And when you said NVIDIA, who's NVIDIA? The, what do they do? So NVIDIA is uh, one of the top 10 most valuable companies in the world. Uh, they are leading uh, and have been leading for uh, almost two decades, uh, the AI revolution. So uh, you, you may uh, most commonly hear about their graphics cards that go in computers uh, that are produced for, for gaming, among other purposes. But uh, they are a, a uh, also an enterprise technology company. So they build high-performance uh, computing systems that can be used to run these highly complex AI technologies. Hmm. Interesting. My brain is turning here just based on stuff that's in my head. You know, I found out I do quantum physics and I look, I reverse engineer everything. And I don't know, I don't want to speak properly, but maybe there's a, a side conversation with you and, you know, maybe we could put that out there. But if you look at things from a creator's mindset and instead of a discovery mindset, I think you might could take that thing, I don't know, to a whole nother level that's, that's not even there yet, if that makes sense. When you think about, you know, uh, what's his name? Elon Musk, you know, and then you think about things, you know, the things he's doing with the uh, with the link 
uh, and then, you know, metaverse, and we really haven't settled into the AI piece yet. You think they put the cart before the horse? Because I think what you're doing in a way kind of trains people with their sensibilities in a way. And did they, these, these companies jump out there too soon, you think? Well, I think that, you know, to answer the first part of uh, your, your statement there, I completely agree that, you know, connecting, uh, you know, different disciplines and having an open mind to explore these areas that may not at the surface be connected, but actually are. I mean, that's that's where innovation and inspiration come from. How do you get something that is uh, complex and, you know, seemingly isolated and connect it with something else in another field that, you know, is, is speaking on the surface? different languages but in reality there's a, a similar thought right yeah similar energy yeah. That, that that occurs that you can somehow you know if, if you can have an open mind or or the ability to explore both of those concepts and hold them in mind at the same time suddenly now there's there's an inspiration and, and in a way you know that's kind of what uh, the birth of, of of my company eternal uh, was because you know i'd lived in this uh you know, creative space of of producing uh, films and, and creative content for many years. And then I bridged that with uh, the, uh, the help of an incredible team uh, with this concept of you know enterprise AI and technology and also uh, communications, right? And, and, and those three things together, you, you wouldn't think at the onset that they fit together because they don't really. But we, we figured out this kind of magic combination that ended up making it work and, and, and work in a really unique way. And you know, I think that on, on the second part of what you're talking about, you know, there are a lot of innovations that are coming out today that are incredibly exciting. And I think that, you know, like you said, now more than ever, it's imperative that, uh, you know, people continue to pay attention and, and have these types of dialogues around what do we really want to use this technology for? And, and how do we do it in a way that's going to benefit our future generations. And I think one thing that I'm writing about in my my uh, next book is our lives for a, a, a lot more ways than we would initially expect are already controlled and governed by AI. And that's a very scary thing, but it's true. You know, every time you open up a social media app or you swipe right or left on a dating profile application or, you know, going to uh, search something on Google, right? Th those are all algorithms, which are AI that are controlling uh, what you see, what you don't see, uh, when you see it. And there's some kind of goal set behind that. And I think that the exciting thing for me is that people are starting to become more aware of that and holding those uh who have made poor decisions around that uh, more accountable. And I think that we're seeing a shift now in terms of, you know, using and understanding what these technologies can do uh, and, and pointing the ship in, in a direction that is more responsible and, and more for the public good. And people are voting with their wallets a lot. You know, I, I believe in, in the free market and, and you know, ultimately the, the companies that have the best intentions with uh, the, the right combination of technology, uh, those are going to be the ones that end up uh, winning out in the end. And it's the, the more people that start to ask those questions and think critically about w where we want things to go and, and stand up and have a voice and, and conversations with their friends and family, uh, th that's how I think we're going to get to the best place and the best outcome for, for what's coming. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people don't realize most things are linear. And if you understand things from a creator standpoint, 
and how things are connected they're linear and, and feed the next piece of creation and uh, i don't know i've always had this thing of things being linear and that's kind of my process is my process is how to birth or rebirth anything so i don't know very very interesting that's uh i didn't realize that uh your technology was that i'm in depth but like i said i'd love to have a conversation outside of this and see what's up so mom and dad you said your dad was a, a physicist very smart guy and you know what is your thought process every day to like drive down this road and hey i'm uh, you know i'm here i created this ai what is the continuing passion and goal for you as a person my goal is to create to help people what what that creation is i found you know can take many forms when i was younger it was you know creating films that had stories that would inspire people and, and inspire emotions and, and feelings. Uh, as I got older, it was to build technologies that could help people. You know, I think one of the exciting things, and this is getting a little bit out there, but you know, the, the, the technology that we've built are, are helping the largest companies around the world do really good things, right? If, if you can take a, a talented group of people and make them more efficient, and more effective. That means that they can uh, innovate in their own ways uh, faster and better and, and, and more effectively. And, and and that's a force multiplication effect. So, you know, it means more cures to diseases, means, you know, faster rockets to Mars. It means, uh, you know, better education for the world. And then there's also the, you know, the creative outlet that I have, at least right now, which is, you know, the writing and, and writing the books. And one of the best pieces of advice that I received when I was in college my first semester uh, by one of uh, my film professors, Charles Ramirez Berg is his name. Uh, and uh, he, he ended up mentoring me and we were having conversations once a week in the evenings and I would show him, you know, my, my most recent films and we would talk about them. And he, he actually was the guy that discovered Robert Rodriguez, which was kind of fun. Uh, but he, uh, he, he told me something that has stuck with me. And, and what he said was, tell the story that only you can tell. And at the time, you know, that was uh, something that I related very much to just the filmmaking. And, you know, I, I'm a big fan of action movies. You know, my, my, my top favorite movies are probably James Bond and The Terminator and The Matrix and 300. So I, I love action movies. And, you know, it, as a young person, it was always a goal of mine to produce something like that. Uh, and, and quickly, what I realized is that, you know, after hearing that advice and thinking about it and looking back on it now, you know the the stories that I am the only one that could tell uh, are are unique and 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 that's true for everybody, right? And 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 it's more about paying attention to what your stories are and letting them come naturally versus trying to force something. Maybe one day I will make one of those action movies, but for right now, you know, it's trying to take some of this uh, knowledge and and wisdom that I've learned through my journey of self exploration and share it with people through uh, my Your Answers book. Uh, or it's to build these uh, powerful technologies that can help accelerate the capabilities of organizations uh, in a business sense and you know, use that innovation to drive the next wave of education for the world, right? Because it's not a far jump to say, hey, we're going to personalize this sales or marketing message to an individual to go one step further and say, you're a, a child who has a passion for uh, for physics or mathematics or uh, social sciences, whatever it may be. Here's your personalized and tailored education path that will get you exactly to where you want to be with the specialized niche field uh, of your choosing that 
will make you feel fulfilled and, and enjoy your life and add value to the human rights. That's that's a pretty cool place to be in a, an exciting direction. Nice, nice. Well, you definitely clean up environments, you know, if you, because I think a lot of businesses get caught up in their own environment and they have blinders on within that environment. So if you can make them aware of those kind of things, that's a plus in itself, not to count the 300 other things that you could line up behind that. So no, I get it, man. It's very, very interesting. And, and congratulations to you for uh, being out front with this. And uh, yeah, I mean, if we want to, the book, tell us a little bit about where we find the book, where we find information on you and, and so forth. So the book, it's available for purchase now on Amazon. I'm on LinkedIn, on Twitter, but uh, I don't post a whole lot on social media because I'm, I'm working all the time. But uh, you can find me both those places, John Byron Handy. Cool, cool. Well, I appreciate you coming on the show, John. It's a good conversation and we'll get this thing tight. And uh, yeah, thanks, John. And I'm John Edmonds Cosma, the CEO of Bang Productions. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.